Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Claire Marquick, and this is Real Life Business. Welcome to the Real Life Business Podcast, the show that helps you juggle your business with everything else going on in your life. I'm your host, Claire Marquick, accountant and business coach supporting you to grow a business that meets the needs of your life rather than taking over it. If this sounds good to you, I invite you to check out the Real Life Business Hub at www.reallifebusiness.com.au forward slash hub. But for now, let's get into the episode. We are back with season two of Real Life Business, and this is episode number 26. This week, I am thrilled to introduce you to Jai Long. Jai is no stranger to entrepreneurship, starting his first business at 20 and going on to create multiple six and seven figure businesses. Jai is a wedding photographer at Free the Bird Weddings, runs a high-level business coaching program, the Six Figure Business Map for wedding photographers and creative entrepreneurs, founded the Wedding Photography Summit, is the co-founder of the vegan clothing label No Skin, and hosts his own podcast, Make Your Break, for creative entrepreneurs. I was fascinated to tap into the mind of a seven-figure businessman, and if you are too, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Thank you so much, Jai, for joining me today. I first came across you through listening to a friend's podcast from um, Ashley Baker called In Between, and I loved your I don't know what it was. It was just your your attitude to, to life and business. And I've since subscribed to your podcast and stalking you on Insta. And I just, I love what you bring. It just seems so refreshing in this um, crazy world we're living in right now. For those that haven't had the opportunity of, of having you in their ears or in their life, um, why don't we start off by just sharing a little bit more about what it is that you do? Of course. Claire, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so honored to be here today. Um So my name is Jai Long. I am a business coach and predominantly for wedding photographers and for photographers and creative entrepreneurs. And I have been probably in business for the last 15 years in all sorts of different businesses. I've failed hard and I've had big successes and I've done everything in between. And um, I've got a lot of real world knowledge. And yeah, I guess that's like what my niche is, what I bring to the world is like, um, I don't teach what I don't do and I'm doing all the things all the time. So I have a fashion label in Melbourne here. It's called No Skin. So it's a vegan fashion label um, that we do outerwear and shoes and things like that. I have a wedding photography company called Free the Bird. I've got a podcast called Make Your Break. I've got um, the world's biggest wedding photography workshop. Uh, it's called the Wedding Photography Summit. And I've got the world's biggest wedding photography course as well. Uh, it's called The Business Map. Um, what else have I done? Yeah, I guess like there's there's tons of however this conversation goes. Like I always forget all the things that I do because I've been an entrepreneur for a long time. So I've done a lot of things and I do a lot of things. Yeah, my God, that sounds super impressive. When you say like you've been an entrepreneur for a long time, do you feel like, I don't know, this is something that I feel. Do you feel like entrepreneurs, Do you are you born an entrepreneur? Like have you always just been seeking opportunities to sort of just push yourself and, and see what you can achieve? Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I've always been an opportunist and I've always had a reason to move myself away from something uncomfortable and I've always wanted to change my life. So with those things, um, it, a lot of the times, like maybe it wasn't always a choice and it was more so I was stuck in a situation where I had to I had to make my own break. Um, lack of better words, funny little play there. But yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I guess for me, I think for sure I've always I've always seeked out an opportunity for myself. Yeah, yeah. So what were your what were your um what was your starting point? Yeah, photography is is something that you know again scrolling through your Insta, yep. exceptionally um, talented at. Has that always been a love? It hasn't. No. Um, no. It was funny. I was actually an electrician, and I was working in the mines over in Western Australia when I started falling in love with photography. Uh, it was just like a bit of an outlet for me. Um, and that was about 10 years ago. So it was never like one of those things that I always want to be a photographer. I was more so always just, I think I was just ebbs and flows and I just want to go with life. And that's, that for me, I think is the most important thing. And, um, I find business really creative. So for me, I love 
creating a new business and, and it doesn't matter what it is like i can make make it work no matter if it was photography or if something creative or if it was something um a little bit more corporate not that i do anything corporate but yeah you know what i mean <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely so that said because i know for a fact that that last statement in itself could be a trigger for some people so well how can you start a business if you you know how could you start a business doing anything um if you if you don't have the skills in that thing or you don't have the experience in that thing or you don't have the tenure in that thing what is it to you what is it to you that you believe is the most important thing when setting out in business uh being resourceful and having a belief in yourself <laughs> if you can um, believe in your capabilities because we say fake it till you make it right, but it's fake it till you make it as long as it's in the boundaries of your own capabilities and of your own resourcefulness, because maybe I don't have a degree in marketing or maybe I don't know how to do my books and accounting and whatever it is, but maybe I'll be able to find the right people that can help me. And maybe I can feel confident enough that I can lead a team or I can, uh, I can stay up late. I can work later. I can, I can do bigger days. I can find the resources wherever it is. I can find the extra energy. I can find the extra money. I can find the extra time. So as long as I know my own capabilities and then I keep pushing those just to sort of expand my world, then I think um, I'm on the right track and you can absolutely make money from anything. And I don't think it's your genre or your craft or whatever it is that should ever stop you. And um, yeah, there's, there's always opportunities. I think that is so enlightening and to, to be honest, like it's, it's something that I absolutely resonate with as, as well. You know, there are always going to be people that we can bring on board to help us with the things that, you know, we've got gaps in um, and we can outsource stuff and we don't have to get hung up on having the answer to everything and having everything perfectly planned out before we move forward. Do we, do you, do you think that's a mindset thing in itself, isn't it? Because there's a lot of people um, that, wait for everything to be perfect and want to dot every I and cross every T, don't they, before they move forward? Is that something I, that... Yeah. I think perfectionism is um, is a disguise of our insecurities and I think we use perfectionism as an excuse to not move forward because we're scared sometimes. And I think um, there, there's a lot of things in there that with perfectionism that really stunts our growth, stops us. Um, and we forget that, like, we believe sometimes we're the best at whatever it is. Like, maybe I'm the best photographer, I'm the best editor, I'm the best podcaster, like, whatever it is. But um, in reality, like, the best thing and maybe a skill that you haven't even tapped into yet is being a people person and mm. actually um, finding and seeking the best of whoever it is. And, for example, Claire, like you said just a moment ago, that um, you are an accountant by trade. And for me hey i actually failed maths and then later on in um later on after school i actually fell in love with with maths funny enough but hey i know that i can make some money on, on monday and then i could pay you on tuesday to take that burden off my shoulders and that, which means i it can get back to me doing my superpowers and the things that i can keep creating and it doesn't have to be perfect but create like creating something is better than having nothing so that's my motto <laughs> oh 100% 100% and i think you know i'm a firm believer as well i'll certainly know with myself that you can sit at a computer or you can sit at a desk or you can sit with a journal or however you do your brainstorming and but you can't you can't plan something out perfectly until you start it can you like you, you've got to start oh, something no. and then you you tweak and you make improvements and you grow it and you evolve it over time that's you're nodding away so i'm thinking that you're resonating i completely with agree like everything that i've ever started it's turned into something that i didn't even imagine and it's grown something into something bigger it's created more opportunities um it's i've changed my product offers based on what actually worked and what didn't work um, and so the end result of like the business that you create, as long as your plans are not um, rigid, you need to be able to ebb and flow with them because it's so important to adapt your services to your clients because too many people, and I've got to say this, too many people create a business for themselves. It's like, this is for me and my happiness. And this is, you know, it's all for ourselves, ourselves. And when you have an, an ego driven business or a self-absorbed business, it's no longer about your clients. And so it's hard to be successful when you're trying to create a thing for yourself, but you're not trying to create a solution to someone else's problem. So mm -hmm. a lot of us, we actually sometimes um, blame our clients and we think they are the problem. Like they're not paying us enough. They're not paying me what I'm worth. No one's going to book my services, but really, um, you are the problem and you need to realize that you need to create the solution. And so 
for your clients, like you need to give them solutions, not problems. And, and that's the most important thing. So however that happens, the more that you solve your problems for your clients, the more success you're going to have. And you see this with the big entrepreneurs that make billions of dollars. It's like, how can we sell a lot of stuff online that's really affordable, that's really accessible, that's really, you know, whatever it is. And of course, they get rewarded the most, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So where's that, where's that balance then for anyone listening who's, who's going, okay, so I don't make it, I don't build a business for myself, but you know, but then how do I stop myself finding I'm 10 years down the track with a business that I'm not in love with anymore? Where's, where's that balance of knowing what we want um, and creating a business for our clients? It's like if you if you go in with it with your core values instead of a rigid plan. So for me, it's like I go with my core values. It's like, okay, let's just say, for instance, like my business map, um, you know, th- this is a business of mine. It's a multi-million dollar business right now. And so if I come in with something like this, it's like, this is what I imagine it, want, like how I would imagine my lifestyle and how I imagine my services and everything like that. But then when I start enrolling people, when I start coaching people, when I start teaching people, they show me something completely different that I didn't realize that like what they actually needed is different to what I wanted to provide. So I can pivot and change as long as it's with my core values, as long as it brings me joy. And if it doesn't bring me joy, I simply don't do it. I don't care how much money it brings me. If it doesn't bring me some sort of joy and I'm not like ready to wake up and be excited about it all the time, then I always drop it. And we actually did this this week. I just dropped all my um, in-person, or all my mentoring, which which brought in a lot of money. And so this week I was like, you know what? No, we're not doing it anymore. And wow. I know it's going to take a big hit for the business, but um, it, at the end of the day, like I need to make sure that my cup is full before I try and start filling other people's cups. And it's one of the most important things, but yeah, I just, I basically make sure that my clients, my client's happiness is, is my business's happiness. Mm-hmm. And I just make sure that, um, I'm there serving them to my best capabilities. And I'm not trying to be selfish by holding things back and thinking that my way is the best way. And nothing else matters, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. So what I took from that is, you know what you want your lifestyle to be. You know what gives you joy or brings you joy. Mm -hmm. You know what's important to you. You know how you know how you want your clients to feel when they're working with you. Absolutely. How then the, the, what goes on in the middle evolves and, and changes mm-hmm. and, and things like that. You're not sort of hung up on this is what I do and God damn it, if that doesn't work, then this business is folded. You know, that's such old school thinking, isn't it? It's, it's being really clear on what you want and then adapting and pivoting and having that flexibility to kind of make it happen along the way. Do you want me to give you a couple of real world examples? Totally, I'd love to. Well, it's, it's interesting because if you get into like, a lot of the times, like, and I always just use this as, a, as an example, get into Facebook groups where, you know, people are kind of struggling a little bit and they're usually complaining. They usually blame their clients or something. But what I often see is like, you know, someone asks for a discount and I'm not doing that. I'm never going to discount. COVID happened. I'm never discounting. Someone asks for this service. I don't do that service. I'm never going to do this. And they all, there's always like this resistance or like my clients don't buy this is because I need to educate them more. I've got to educate, educate. And it's interesting because I see everyone going against the flow all the time. Like if your clients don't want this, and there's one good example was a wedding photographer. People always say like, give a free engagement shoot. Funny thing is no one actually wants a free engagement shoot because everyone's always busy. They're uncomfortable in front of the camera. But then the advice always is just keep educating them and educating them and keep pushing, pushing. Then it's like, who is it for though? Because you're pushing away your clients. You're creating yourself more work. And at the end of the day, if no one wants it, like, do we really want to do this? And then with, with discounts, if you're saying like you will never discount, um, you never change your services. Maybe it's the it's never the dis, it's never the price, right? It's always the value, and it's like maybe the the value of what you have right now is not best serving exactly what the market wants. So instead of saying you'll never discount, maybe work out a different way that you can serve or a different product or how you can adapt and change the product. Um, how you can subtract something or you could make it bigger or you could offer something different because I guarantee you that same person will pay double out of their price range to someone else if they actually got the value that they actually wanted. So mm-hmm. I think too, too many of us, we're, we're so rigid with our exact packages. We won't change anything. Um, we won't discount and, and we, you know, we won't pivot and change, like whatever it is. Um, but really, like you've, got to, like you've got to get hints from your clients because your clients are the ones that are 
actually paying you <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so it's like hey you <laughs> no might clients, just, no business <laughs> you might want to listen to what they want <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and do that hey <laughs> it's not yeah, it, it, when you when you say it like that it doesn't sound like rocket science does it but there's so many there's so much information out there isn't it it can almost be information overload and people can get bogged down and and just stuck in this rut what are what are some of the you know like just totally changing the subject now because I just like yeah. to do that randomly. You um, you you mentioned you were an electrician in West Australia and that pricked my ears up because you know mm-hmm. that was that's my husband's um, background as well. He's a, he's a Sparky um, went over to Western Australia worked in the mines with the booms and and, and all that. Cool. Tell us like. I know that there's a lot of people in my listener base that, you know, might be in jobs that they're not satisfied with and and would love to make their break and and love to make Mm -hmm. a change, but are scared, don't know what to do, don't know how to do it. What was it in your head at that time that made you go, you know what, I am ready for something different. I'm just going to do this. I think I'm a little bit different to most people because I've always I've always changed. I've had so many careers and I've and I've had so many businesses. And so, um, if you don't know my story, like I, I grew up um, I grew up in housing commission and homeless. And then I you know I didn't do much schooling. I was finished school when I was 15, 16. I was already moved out of home. I was already doing an apprenticeship. I um, started my first business when I was 20, which was a, a massive cafe that could sit 300 people. And then I was bankrupt by the time I was 21. And so there's like so many things that happened in my life. Um, and I've never been stuck. I never say like I'm a photographer, I'm, I'm you know, a, a business coach or, or I'm an electrician or something because I know that like with my capabilities that like I just need to ebb with how the market is going and what makes me happy and comfortable. And I know that I can make it work in, no matter what industry. And yes. with business and people don't realize this, like business is the same all around. Like my cafe is run the same as my wedding photography business, which is run the same as my electrical business, which runs the same as my fashion business, which runs the same as my DJ heartbreak business, which runs the same as my coaching business. And when you start like connecting all the dots, like so many people think we're all alone and no one's ever done our niche before, but in reality, like business is business. So it means that I can change into any in any industry. And you see people do this all the time. Like Richard Branson started a um, like Virgin Australia, uh, I think it was within three weeks, you know, he wasn't a pilot or anything, but business is business. Right. Yeah. Um, and so he ran it the same as Virgin records. And it's like, how does that happen? But, um, for me, it's, I think it's like getting less hung up on like having the status of what it means to have a career and mm. more so being able to grow and flow with like what life is bringing you. Yeah, that's such great advice. And I think there's, I believe there's a lot of attachment that people put to 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 a role or to a career and and I've got when you when you tie your identity you know like to the fact of I'm an accountant or I'm a lawyer or I'm a doctor or I'm or whatever the heck I am Mm -hmm. um and then something happens and you're not that anymore um that can be like there'd be so many people experiencing that over these last couple of years with COVID being made redundant from roles It, it, it can be like life destroying if you're in that kind of mindset kind of so i just i love that the ebb and flow that you talk about that that fluidity of of just yeah actually let's like dive a bit deeper on it because um it's funny because you said people might get insecure if they lose their job or something right what people don't realize is throughout your life you've you've been learning so much stuff so it doesn't matter what job you had like for you for instance you you was an accountant i'm sure you went and learned some stuff and i'm sure those skills are now in your new business and you use those skills all the time right and for your next business you're going to use all these skills and it keeps going yep. and people don't realize like um a divorce doesn't get rid of your skills a um a dodgy business partner doesn't get rid of your skills. Going bankrupt doesn't get rid of your skills. Like everything that you've learned so far, as long as you're working for yourself, not for your employer, always. When I work for an employer, I work for myself. You know, I showed up for myself. I work to my potential, not the paycheck, right? And as long as you're like that and you're always working to your potential, not the paycheck, it means you're learning a new way, you're gaining those skills and those skills go with you forever. So when I said before, you're resourceful and you know your capabilities, you can test and learn those capabilities whilst you're working for someone full time. And if you're not doing that, you know, then it's going to be a hard, it's, it's going, it's going to be like swimming with the sharks when you're an entrepreneur, because even for myself, like before I was, um, 
when I was a full-time electrician, I didn't work for my boss, man. I, I was there an hour early before everybody else because I was working to my potential. I would work harder than everybody else. I would learn more things, you know, after after hours. I would go to my boss and ask him, what can I do to make you more money all the time? What like mm. how could I make you more money? How much money did I make you this month? And what else can I do? And I'd always be innovating and and working on that because I was working for myself, man. If I could make him a million dollars a year and I was only getting paid six. 60,000. Like I was like, that's a big win. I'm, I'm a, I am worth a lot. If he fired me, he'd be losing a lot. And that means that I have a lot of value. And no matter where I go, I'm going to bring that value. I'm going to keep working for myself. So if the best decision then from there is like, I should be an entrepreneur because why wouldn't I, if I'm working like that? So biggest exactly. advice out there, man, if, if you're an entrepreneur or if you work full-time for someone, or you're thinking about transitioning, you need to start training yourself to work to your potential, not to that paycheck. Oh my God. That is freaking brilliant. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I, I just, I'm almost speechless, <laughs> which for anyone who knows me will know is a really hard thing to make. <laughs> <happen>. <laughs> so what is it like, um, you, you've alluded to, um, you shared a little bit um, just before about uh, a really challenging um, past and being a, you know, with across multiple businesses, there are going to be ups and there are going to be downs all the time. You know, you can have the best mindset in the world. You can have the best business structures and systems in the world. You can have the best people around you, but shit still happens, right? Like there's, shit there's happens. always stuff that happens. How do you handle that? What is, what is it that keeps you going when, when stuff hits the fan? Look, I've got to say um, the difference between a, a true entrepreneur and everybody else is, Everybody else thinks um, thinks something might happen wrong, and you know they're thinking maybe something happened wrong. An entrepreneur knows something's going to go wrong. <laughs> okay, so big difference because when something goes wrong, it's not like oh my god, hopefully things go back to normal. It's like shit, man. Where's the opportunity here? I don't know if I can swear on your podcast. You totally can. <laughs> so, so it's like where's the opportunity here? So, like for instance, like when COVID hit, right? I wasn't like I'm a wedding photographer. Like my business was going down the drain, but I wasn't like oh, this is the end ends all for me. I'm like, no, here's an opportunity. Because when something changes, when there's bigger problems, it means there's bigger solutions. When there's bigger solutions, it means there's more money. And when something changes, it means money gets unlocked from where it was and it and it transfers to somewhere else. So you see a big transfer of wealth, massive transfer of wealth. So things need to go wrong to, to make that transfer happen. And if it doesn't, then the big um, giants all stay in business forever and nothing can move around. There's, it's not an even playing field. So entrepreneurs, they know stuff's going to go wrong. And so they know things go right as well. And so mm. to be able to mediate that, it means you, you kind of let go of a lot of emotion around, hey, man, made million dollars last week. Hey, man, lost a million dollars last week. Because it's like, you know that things come and they go and you've got to keep moving forward. And it's one step, one step, one step. There's no event that's going to make you successful. There's no yep. big thing, life-changing thing that's going to make you successful. It's literally, you know, the consistency and frequency of how much you show up over and over and over. And those that show up over and over when times go bad, man, they're the ones that deserve the good when the good goes good. You know what I mean? Like Hell yeah. the, the one, like my friends that are entrepreneurs that like, you know, they're in lockdown in Melbourne. They don't even sleep because they're working so hard because they're taking people's market share while everyone else is complaining on Facebook groups. I'm like, man, that's why they got the success, right? While everyone <laughs> else is complaining and blaming, these guys are creating. And that's a big difference between someone that doesn't have too much and is looking for something and someone else that has so much and they just don't even have enough time to look around. Oh, yes. It's that, that whole, that whole blame thing. It just, it grinds my gears and the, the judgment. Um, we, this is going to go completely off topic. I just, I can feel it already, but <laughs> you know, I'm, I've got two young boys, right? They're, they're 11 and they're eight. And I see there is so much talk on social media and the news and everywhere about how um, we need to teach our kids to um, be kind to each other. We've got to stop this schoolyard bullying we've you know it's, it's so wrong and then you watch the news or you scroll through your facebook feed and all you see is grown adults um bitching, and, bitching <laughs> and complaining bullying throwing people under the bus blaming judging I'm especially like, the politicians <laughs> oh, man. Uh, funny, like, how is the society have we come to that you know <laughs> it's, it's like, mind-blowing 
Yeah, it, it it really is. But so if you can rise above that, and I know, like I've I've sort of from following you now for for a few weeks, you are you you sort of say you, you don't watch the TV, you don't get involved in all that stuff anymore because it's such an energy drain. Like when mm. did you make that decision? Oh, about ten years ago. Like wow. <laughs> it's just um. And one thing was, I actually felt guilty for doing it. I felt like you know, it was like. A, I felt like a conspiracy theorist or I was so left wing. I was, I was a hippie and even my friends would call me hippie. Joe doesn't watch the news. He's a hippie, you know? So this is like 10 years ago. And you got to understand, like you need to do things for yourself, not for your friends and for everybody else. And those, those people calling me hippies, they still watch the news. They're still scared and they're still not progressing in life. Right. And mm-hmm. I've made a decision of like, when's the last time the news brought me any joy? Literally never. And then, so why do I do it? There isn't any reason. So then yeah. I need to move on. And so For myself, I have the same amount of time during the day, same amount of energy as my friends that watch the news, but I can step so much further forward through my life because I don't use my energy and time on things that don't actually concern me right now. Mm. And I know people are going to, like, if there's something big happening in the world, like people are going to let me know. But, you know, if someone says like, hey, man, the the economy's bad, my friends always tell me, the economy's bad, we're going to a recession. like, mate. It's not bad for me. You know, my yep. economy is fine because I'm looking <laughs> after my economy. I'm looking at my cycles. I'm looking at my charts while you're looking at everybody else's and what people have told you. So there's a big difference between my economy and your economy, man. And yeah. so people don't realize that. Okay. So it's like you can disconnect yourself from the news with all those parts because, hey, there's always a problem going on. It might be COVID, it might be 9 11, it might be a war somewhere, there might be something. But if you actually look through time, there's always a reason why it's not the right time to buy a house. It's not the right time mm. to quit your job, the right time to to um, start a business. Always a time. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> I remember when, when I very, very first started to dabble in the coaching world. You know, I, I was um, part of a coaching school and we did some like pro bono sort of peer-to-peer coaching just to practice our skills, you know, right back early in the in the in the day. And um I was working with a lady, um, an older lady, and she essentially said to me, you know, she said, I've realized that I put my life on hold my entire life, you know, because, uh, you know, it was never the right time to do something for me because I just had a baby. It was never the right time for me to do something for me because um, of this, because of that, because of this, because of that. And I think that story of um, always putting things off, waiting for that right time is so Mm. common. It's it's actually quite sad, isn't it? Because like, like you just said, there will never be a perfect time. There will never be a right time where everything's aligned. It's funny though, the people that do nothing always give you all the advice. And so like, I've still got my friends still telling me today that like, they told me 10 years ago when I bought my first house, I bought my first house in 2013. They said, it's not the right time. You shouldn't be buying it. And I remember I bought two houses that year and I was like, uh, yeah, that's fine, man. And then a couple of years later, I bought another one. And then they're telling me it's not the right time. A couple of years later, I bought another one. I just bought two this year. And then they're still telling me it's not the right time, man. COVID. I'm like, that's cool, man. You just, you keep you giving you. that advice and you keep thinking about that, right? And meanwhile, whilst you've never done, you've never bought anything because it's not the right time, I've actually made money and I've actually progressed and I've done a lot of things. And so whilst you're waiting for perfection and something to be perfect and to, you know, the, the clouds apart and it's the perfect opportunity, mate, yeah. I'm just getting ah. to work. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> Now's happen. That's the time. Do it now. This big arrow pointing down from the sky. No, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen, happen right? <laughs> and so perfection is like... um. Maybe the first house I bought wasn't the right one. Maybe the third one wasn't the right one. But at least now I've got some sort of data. At least now I know my capabilities. At least now I know what not to do. Um, at least now I know it was the wrong time. So now I have first world experience of like, you know, maybe telling someone something. And so I think it's important to um, important to not listen to the people that haven't done the things that you want in your life and don't have the mm. success that you want in your life. That's what's important. Absolutely. So I was I was coming around to like you've got your own reference points now. And that that circles back to what we were talking about before, isn't it? That that you have to just start something. So, you know, yeah. if it's like, right, I'm gonna create a property empire or whatever it might be, that might not even be the goal. But you know, you've got to buy your first property to go, okay, all right, yeah, maybe, maybe there's a better way I could do this, or maybe maybe I could do a bit more research into this side of things. That be you're not gonna be able to cover that base until you bought your first one and, and realized it for yourself. No. 
Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> 100%. I love it. I love it. So, like, I think I think by now people listening have got this like vibe from you of how you how you live your life your approach to things how you how you run your businesses. What are some of the things that don't you judge do- me, guys? Don't judge me. <laughs> no judgment. No judgment. <laughs> what, are, what, are, what are some of the things that you do for you? What have you learned that you have to do for you as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. as a human being, um, to 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 keep yourself moving forwards? One, one um, like really important thing is I need to do things for myself. Uh, I need to impress myself. Um, I think when you try and fit in someone else's box and their framework, it can be so restricting. So um, my whole life, man, people talk, when I was at school, people said, Chai's got ADHD, right? It should, it should be on some pills. Um, people would tell me, slow down, calm down. Why, why are you there an hour early before everyone else at work? Even my boss would say, why are you here an hour early, man? I'm not working for you, right? I'm working for me. <laughs> and so it's funny because um, people tell me to slow down, stop being obsessed, don't be a workaholic, you you work too much, you, you're you taking too big risks, you're doing all this kind of stuff. And um, I think when you become comfortable with yourself and the way that you run yourself and you're not apologetic, um, it's life-changing. Mm-hmm. Like it really is because then you can step in and just go like, hey, man, if today's a public holiday, right, um, for, for me, and so no, none of my staff are here, but I'm here and I'm doing the things, but it makes me happy. And if I want Monday off, which I will have Monday off, that's fine. I don't feel guilty not working nine to five. I don't feel guilty working anytime because I've been able to set my life up where I know that I'm obsessed with the stuff that I'm obsessed with. And I mm. love being obsessed, right? While the others have like given up on their dreams and their dreams exist between nine to five, Monday to Friday, mate, my dreams exist all the fucking time. I ain't stopping for no one for my dreams, right? And I'm not going to condense it down and have a balanced life and things like that because a balanced life to me doesn't make sense. I want an amazing life. I want amazing relationships. I want amazing friends. I want amazing career. I want amazing income. I want to make amazing impact. And so with that, I'm not trying to go average. I'm not trying to balance and I'm not trying like people that balance, man, like they, they always say, Jai, you should say no more often. I'm like, you haven't even got close to saying yes enough yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you're saying like, you should say no, protect yourself. I'm like, it just doesn't I'm make sense. So, just fine. <laughs> no, I'm just fine. And so um, I, th- I think like, and just for the audience out there, like the second that you stop feeling guilty around you being obsessed with doing what you love um, for you going after your dreams or having unrealistic goals or um, thinking larger than your town or, you know, making sacrifices that other people wouldn't do. I'm standing out. People hate standing out. People want to fit in. I think the second that you free yourself from those shackles um life becomes really easy Mm. i love that i mean this is this is this is really a a pertinent kind of thing to 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 rest on just for a minute because you know i'm i love what i do i i love i love these conversations i love working with my clients i love creating things that you know, that they want and that they need. It lights me up. It gives me energy. I love it. I don't feel like it's work. Um, Yet my hubby who, um, you know, is is a more traditional, you know, or certainly that's what his world is right now, very Mm. traditional, go to work, do my thing, come home again. Um, He's like, you know, you work so hard. Like, you know, I thought you went into business to have more time for you and more time for the family. And, and like, it's, it's a conversation we have over and over and over again. I'm like, well, I I think many people would as well. Yeah. But like, I don't feel like it's work. Like how do, how do you, I'm, I'm curious to know how you I don't want to say overcome that, but you know, um, you have a partner. Yeah, you need, so you yeah, for sure. And like for me, it was like getting my partner on board. It was cutting out friends that didn't best serve me. It was setting boundaries with other friends and family members. Um, like my wife, she's so supportive. And one thing, like she's my business coach. Like she tells me to go harder, do more. Like if I say, Hey, I just had a shit day at work. She's like, what are you still doing here? Go back to work then fix it. Then come back. You know? So I think, um, having someone in my corner and she's an entrepreneur as well. She's got her own business. So we understand each other and we make sure that we, um, talk to each other a lot. Um, and we're both on the same page. And I think that's really important. And the other thing is like, don't forget, um, this comes back to like who you listen to a mm. lot as well. But anyone that's um, threatened by your success or anyone that is 
less successful than you are always going to tell you to put the brakes on and, and to sort of fit into their mold as well. So you need to um, love them and leave them sometimes when I'm talking about like friends and you pick and choose when you spend the most time with those friends. So I have friends where I'll go and have a drink with them, but other friends I'll have a dinner party, other friends I'll talk business with other yes. friends I'll go and go skiing with like whatever it is. And I've learned how to, um, set those boundaries, like those friends that give me the advice, I just tell them, you know, I actually don't need your advice. So let's talk about something else. And like, yeah. you know, and then, and so that way, like, um, that way, like people and everyone around me know now, like they notice, oh yeah, I won't give Jai that advice. And, and I'm like, <laughs> thank you. Like, you know, because it's all... <laughs> It's always terrible advice. And that's, and that's that's how you can have deeper relationships, like with, with your friends with, as well, isn't it? Because it's like, okay, look, let's, let's just, I know that I don't go there with that person and I've got yeah. boundaries around that and we have a freaking awesome time doing what we do. And I know I've got this group of people over here that I can bounce my latest idea with and, and nut things mm. out and talk things through. Like having people for different needs, is that the right way to, to put it? Absolutely. Is that Here's a thing like um, usually so many people stuck in the past a lot and they don't grow. So I've got friends that we get together and they always talk about the good old days. Remember when we went traveling, did this and the good old days. And I know that I'm like, we, we can't talk about anything future because you're stuck in the good old days, which is awesome. They're all your best days. For me, though, it's always future. I'm like, yeah. my best days haven't come yet. You know, the best deal hasn't come. yet. The best business hasn't come. Like the best thing I'm looking forward all the time. So it can be a drainer for me going like, yes, those best old, you know, good old days. It was good times. I, I, I acknowledge it. And I make sure that I, um, I spend a couple of hours with those people and I talk about those good old days. And then I'm ready to go, you know, speak with someone else where I'm like, future baby, let's go there. You know, yeah. like, what, where are the good days? You know, <laughs> let's create them. Let's create something. hundred percent. It's really interesting that it, it, different people have different ways of putting it um, and people have different language around it, but it's something that is coming through nearly all of these conversations. It's having mm. those groups of people around you that, that lift you up and spur you on and kick you in the butt when you need kicking in the butt um, and, and having boundaries around the energy drainers. And, but that's not to say like you said before, <laughs> that's not to say that you just discount people from your life because no, yeah, there might be not. childhood friends people. or yeah. yeah. Like you don't have to just completely disown someone. You just you have, have to be to, a robot. Yeah. You just, you just got to protect yourself. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. And a lot of people get it mixed up because they're like, Oh, Jai, you mustn't have any friends. And I'm like, look, don't get it mixed up. Like I love my friends. I really do. Um, and I, and you just have to protect yourself, put, put yourself forward first always, because if you can't, like I said before, if your cup's not full, you ain't feeling anyone else's cup and you don't want to be the person that walks in the room and everyone feels sorry for you. And like, oh man, like I'm going to have to help this person. Maybe they need a loan. Maybe they need something, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't want to be that person. I want to, you said a drainer before I want to be the charger. Like yeah. I want to walk in and I'm a magnet. People are attracted to me and I, in, you know, I recharge their batteries so that after the conversation, they're like, oh my God, I'm pumped. I want to go do something. I want to go quit my job. Like I'm excited <laughs> about life again. I'm keen on my dreams. What was I even doing before I just talked to Jai? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, that's what I want. And that is that, I think that is what that is just in that perfectly articulated language. <laughs> that is why I love what I do because I love yeah. being that person too. I love, I love it when people say, oh my God, like I, like that, I, I had a call the other day and they're like, I just I, like, I don't even know what to do now. I'm just on such a high. <laughs> well, Claire, here's a funny thing. Like, um, and a lot of people miss this, but you know, it's like, don't learn from Claire. Look what she's doing. Right. So she contacted me. Now she's in a room talking to me because she realizes she wants to talk to someone that's like-minded and maybe she doesn't have that person in her household or in a group of friends or whatever. And too many of us make the excuse of like, well, I don't know anyone like that, but you can create something like a podcast where you attract people like a magnet, people like myself that want to be on your podcast. And I think um, too many people miss that. And I think it's so important to see and acknowledge that. Oh, 100%. I am an opportunity seeker. 
<laughs> I see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned it too. Like you've got to, you've got to, you've got to create your own opportunity, don't you? Like you've yeah. got to, like you, you've said it a few times as well. Work for yourself constantly. Um, look for those opportunities, even the shit, even in the shit. And I'm, I was literally before Always I, um, <laughs> before I came on to do this recording, I was writing my weekly newsletter, and I'm, you know, talking about a, a, a shitty time. Like I had a, a really shitty time this week, but you know, you, you, you've got to pull your big girl pants on or your big boy pants on and say, okay, this is shit. This is how I'm feeling. This um, this is how I'm processing it. But what is the opportunity here? What can I learn from this? What can I take from mm. this? And I would imagine that, you know, that's something that you would ask yourself a lot as well. Always seeking Always. that learning. Never yeah, stops, Self-awareness. Self-awareness and reflecting is just like, it's such an important part of being an entrepreneur for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, love it. Especially when things go wrong. <laughs> Which they always will because that's what we're expecting. They do. Yeah. <laughs> they do. Trust me, they do. <laughs> I'm going to hit you up with a few, a couple more quick fire questions in just a minute. But for anybody who is listening to this, who is like, oh my God, I need more of this guy in my life, um, how can people find you? You've got to come over to my podcast. It's called Make Your Break. And it's just me talking to you every single week about making your own break. <laughs> so it's funny because you said, like, you mentioned this before. And I'm like, man, I've been talking about this for years. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could also Love find it. me on Instagram, which is um, jialong.co. And I get back to everyone in my DMs and stuff. So if anyone wants to be a friend, you've got one right here. Oh, I love that. And I can 100% vouch for that. I've, I was just like, type, 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 send. I'm like, oh, oh, you know, I wonder, you know, if I'm going to get who I'm going to get reply, if he's going to reply. And you were like straight back. You're like, yep, let's do it. I'm like, yes. There <laughs> this it is. is awesome. Making your own opportunity. 100%. I'll put the links in the show notes to this um, episode as well. So um, people can find it, find you super easily as well. Yay. Now I'm curious though, there's a, there's a few little questions that I like to ask all of my guests at the end of each episode. So what would be, I'm nervous. A... <laughs> it's all right. They're not that hard. <laughs> what would be a book? We've talked about lifelong learning um, and mm. I know learning by experience is, is so important, but what would be a book that you would recommend everybody need to read? Really hard question. I get asked this all the time. And one of the reasons why it's really hard is because I read at least a book a week and I have done wow. for a long time. So um, to the listeners out there, like you've got to understand that like if you are not reading, if you read one book a, a year, which is the average, um, I think in the US, um, you are competing against someone that reads one a week. So you've got a one to 52 disadvantage against someone else. And you know, too many of us, we're like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to do all these things. But if you're not constantly learning those skills, like I was talking about before, yep. um, evolving yourself, getting a new perspective, even if it's not one that you agree with, it's really hard to compete with someone else. And there, there's another stat that's like CEOs, um, someone that has a CEO title on average, read about 52 books a year. And so it's like, oh, there's a correlation there. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I um, <knew> that. <laughs> so it's a hard question that, um, because um, I always forget what my favorite book is because there's so many of them and <laughs> they're all one. for different reasons, yeah. you know? So for instance, like, um, I love a book, like, like I'm reading right now, I always say the book I'm reading right now, but it's called, um, how to build a story brand. And mm. it's just like, if you're building a brand right now, fantastic book to read. Um, I read, um, I think it was called hustle harder by 50 cent, like last week. Great yeah, book. Right. I love that. Oh, Green Light by um, Matthew McConaughey. That was just a fantastic book. I loved that book. There was just so much there. Um, if you haven't read that one, no. everyone should read that one. Like he's got that dreamy voice that you just absolutely love. And he's a poet, basically. So that one's really cool. Um, one book to rule them all. <laughs> it, it might not be one. <laughs> I, I can't do it. Yeah, I can't do it. It's always think- different. I think um, I think there's some some crackers there. I'm an I'm an Audible girl. Do you listen or do you? Yeah, read? I listen to Audible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love it when the author reads the book themselves, so like narrates the book I, themselves. You get absolutely. that passion, and you get just the extra feeling behind the words, don't you? It's so. Oh, good. I've got one. I've got one. Um, I'm not sure if your um, audience is mostly female as well, um, but you are a badass at making money. Is a fantastic book. Um, her name's yes. Jen. Whoever yes, wrote Jen that, Jen Sincero. That's it. Um, And it's not just for females, for everybody. Um, It's just that I know that a lot of females are 
obviously been suppressed for so long when it comes to like money and business and things like that. And I think it's very empowering uh, just to see from like another perspective from someone that's like, you know, risen up and, and taken charge and made their own break. So I yes. think it's very relatable. And I think it's, um, yeah, I think it, like even me reading it, it's like this thing's empowering. This feels that, awesome. It's the my, that was that was my book recommendation on last week's email. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it's a recent one that I've listened to. It is such a great book. I love it. Love I love that. it. <laughs> That's so good. A very practical question for you now. What's a what's Uh-oh. a piece of <laughs> a piece of tech or a software um, or an app that's changed how you do business? Oh, interesting. Um, it's there's billions of them isn't it there would be. and <laughs> hey you could just say like instagram and there's like well that definitely changed things um it has to be in recent years one that i use every single day that i absolutely love is called asana mm-hmm. and asana is a scheduling platform and it's life-changing and i actually just got in an asana uh, i just hired like a project manager and he happens to be um like a pro asana dude i didn't even know you could get credit accreditation for that but he's got that and so he just um reworked our whole assignment and just onboard us me and the team and everything so it's just so much easier but um if here's the thing guys if you know too many of us we always think about our money and it's just like we check our bank account right but we never check about our time and we always say we don't have time but if you don't track your time how do you know that you don't have time so (laughs) i think it's um it's so important to understand that like what you do with your time, track your time, um, be in control of your time. So you, you know, you don't make time because it's already made. You just need to, um, you need to take control of it. Yes. Yeah. I, I freaking love that. Do you know, in, in the, so you are the 22nd interview that I've done um, over the, you know, this, this short life of this podcast so far. And I would say half have said Asana. Um, but how you've just articulated it about taking control of your time. I love it. So good. (laughs) It's so simple, isn't it? But like, um, you know, too many of us, we go into that mode of like, oh, I don't have money. Uh, I can't afford that. And I don't, I'm too busy. I don't have time. And if I ask any of those people, I'm like, did you check your bank out today? No, I haven't. Did you check your Asana? Do you have time? I don't actually know. What do you, what's the next thing you're doing? Not sure. What time are you doing it? Don't know. Mm. Mate, you've got time. You just haven't you haven't even done anything with your time. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> 100% this time. <laughs> so the, the, this, this whole episode has been packed full of advice, but if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, if it could just be one thing, what, what would it be? It's going to be something um, like I've been pretty, I've been pretty lucky with my life and I've made tons of mistakes and I would never go back and take them back because they've mm. allowed me to be who I am. And I would never want to be scared of making all the mistakes that I've made, um, all the times that I've failed. So um, it's, it's actually just reassuring myself and just saying like, d- don't forget Jai, like um, the people that give you advice that don't have the success that you want, or they're not where you want to be. Um, it falls flat compared to someone that's actually done the things um it like that advice is worth so much more and so i think too many people um you get advice from someone uh whether it's a teacher a mentor a friend a family member whoever it is and they've actually never done it before and just a good example like i'm thinking about writing a book right now and the amount of people that tell me it's hard to write a book no one reads (gasps) books anymore it's hard to sell it's hard to get published takes a long time um you know just a list 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 goes on forever (laughs) and i'm like thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you and it just I'm constantly like a shield, just like batting those things off until someone actually that's, you know, written a couple of books says to me, Jai, it's hard. Then it lands on me and I'm like, okay, it's yes. going to be harder than I thought, you know, but until then, um, yeah, it's, it's just like, I guess the thing is like, don't lose opportunities based off someone else's data. And here's another good example. Mm. I had a friend just tell me this year and they're like, Jai, I'm not going to do uh, an online event because for my friend did an online event and it flopped and now they're dead in 2021. I know you had success in 2022, I mean in 2020, but they, no one wants online stuff in 2021 because they've already done them all in 2020, right? And I was like, that's great advice for you. And I can see why you're not going to get anywhere because you're not going to try something. But that's advice from not even from you. It's from your friend. And mm. now you're giving that to me. So you haven't <laughs> even done anything. You're the middle person. And <laughs> hey, man, I'm different to your friend because I I have different energy. I have different skill sets. I have different resources. Like the, it's not the same playing field whatsoever. So 
you just need to make sure like the, all the advice that you're getting from wherever you're getting, make sure you vet that advice and make sure it's strong, good advice that best serves you and they have your interests at heart, not their interest. Oh, I love it. So good. So good. Jai, thank you so much. I, I could just keep talking to you forever. It's just, it's <laughs> been so, um, such a great conversation and I'm sure everyone listening has got so much out of it. Remember, if you want to connect with Jai, all his links will be in the show notes to this episode. So you can just click along and um, hook up on Instagram, subscribe to his podcast. Jai Long, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you to all the listeners that tuned in and spent the last hour with us. Ooh, what a way to welcome back the show for season two. What were your key takeaways from that conversation? I think the biggest thing for me that stood out from this was Jai's confidence and belief in himself. And that, in fact, was the advice that he would give him young, his younger self as well, to have that belief in himself and to reassure himself that whatever happens was meant to happen. I think when we know what success looks like for us, when we know what's important to us and we are able to reflect on what is bringing us joy, then that is really key to being successful in business. I think there's this common misconception that business has to be hard. Yeah, we can work hard. Of course we can, but it is possible to make a damn good living loving what we do. And Jai is testament to that. The next thing that really stood out to me was the fact that we need to expect ebbs and flows. We need to expect that roller coaster. It's something that we've talked about a lot on this show, the the roller coaster, the ups and downs of, of money, of energy, of emotions, of everything when it comes to business. If we expect things to go wrong, not from a place of of doom and gloom and negativity, but just from the place of acceptance that we can't control everything and there are going to be things that however hard we plan are not going to go to plan, are going to stuff up. If we approach those situations with an attitude of curiosity, it's going to really help us ride those low points. And we're going to be able to find an opportunity in what could otherwise be a pretty dark time. The third and final thing that I just freaking loved about this conversation was the reminder that we need to be careful who we're listening to. Family and friends can can mean well, but they're not always the ones that we need to pay attention to. We have to seek out people who are successful at doing the thing that we want to do and learn from them, model their thinking and be around them, absorb their energy. I love what Jai talked about, about loving and leaving the rest. And, and that's not to say we need to disown our family and friends, but we need to create boundaries about what is and isn't acceptable to talk about amongst those people. And believe me, although that sounds really harsh, it's actually going to deepen those relationships and it's going to stop us from feeling drained of our progressive energy when we're in the, the company of your family and friends that, that aren't quite in the same headspace as us. Now, I trust you have taken your own gold from this conversation and make sure you hit subscribe on the podcast app that you are listening to this on to make sure that you stay up to date with each new episode as it drops. As I said previously, all of Jai's contact details are in the show notes to this episode, as are mine, and I look forward to being back in your ears really soon. Until then, bye-bye.